Welcome back to Season 3, Episode 5 of Arts Interrupted, the Michigan Daily's premier arts and culture podcast. This is our third installment of our Spotlight Artist Series. Today we have two student DJs, Petter Moore and Jamie Johnson. They are both members of MEMCO. Um, it's a student organization composed of music fans, musicians, producers, and DJs, and Jamie is on the board. But before we begin, here's the weekly roundup. Hi guys, it's Livy. So the Grammys happened. Uh, Casey Musgraves won Album of the Year for Golden Hour, and she won Best Country Solo Performance, and Best Country Song, and Best Country Album. So she really crushed went home it essentially, before. and looked amazing. Sounded amazing. I'm proud of her, truthfully. Like she's my daughter. <laughs> uh, you must be so proud. <laughs> and. and we have more Grammy news. Um, so Cardi B won um, the, f- she was the first woman to win best rap album of the year. But uh, many people are upset about this because of Mac Miller was also nominated in this category. And um, she got a lot of backlash on Twitter, on Instagram, on all the forms of social media and deleted her Instagram. But she did thank Mac in her speech and Mac Miller's parents were invited by the Grammys and they said, you know, if Mac doesn't, like, we would love Cardi to win. So I think that's mm. a pretty complicated situation. Yeah, she nominated her win to him, which I thought was really cool. And also, she did, when she was addressing the backlash last year, there was a lot of backlash after Bodak Yellow didn't win anything. Mm-hmm. So it just, it's she like, points she out the really can't win. Yeah, she yeah. can't win. I mean, personally, I I didn't like the album. I don't Me really either. Like I don't think. Much. Invasion of Privacy was the best rap album of the year. Yeah. But I am happy But she handled her win in the best way I think possible. Offset didn't need to be there. He didn't need to be there, but he was. But she was pregnant when she made the album, so like, you know what? I don't know how how that relates. Let's go. You keep saying that. because like that is impressive. I think that's really (laughs) impressive. Oh, okay, yeah. She's a working woman. At least a woman like won in that category for the first time. Like that's that's sweet. And we should take more women in rap should be represented you know like no yes. names and you know good rap and not always be compared <laughs> to each other like just because they're women right agreed and yes that, moving on okay um so childish gambino's this is america is the first rap single to win song of the year and record of the year which is pretty cool that's dope i love that music video i think he's pretty cool like yeah. community i think that is <laughs> a well great. in my opinion well-deserved win for both categories. I think the song's important. It's definitely a great song. Agreed. And then a weirder source of news is that an obscure Dinosaur Jr. song is topping the charts in Japan. The song Over Your Shoulder is from their 1994 album. And I just read an article really briefly that it was due to TV Pirates. I don't have any other information besides that fact. So do with it what you will. Do you mean like? Don't know. TV pirates or like <laughs> you know pirate, like pirated. Pir- <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> the Oscars. <clears throat> Moving on. The Oscars are cutting cinematography, film editing, live action short, and makeup and hairstyling, and deciding to put them during a commercial break. Um, this is a problem because a lot of these are categories that are dominated by women. And cinematography is what makes film different from theater and literary arts. I like live action short. 
Me too. Like, I I'm watch them. Yeah. I watch them every year with my parents. Actually, yeah, I think that's super important. Like, all of course, all of them are important. I think yeah. to give recognition to. But it's so long anyway. Like, why do they need to make it during the commercial? <laughs> that does not make sense to me at all. Just, if it's already like three and a half hours, like what's three hours and forty five minutes? I feel like they keep trying things, and they're just continuing to fuel people's anger at the Oscars. Right. Like, Maybe we just shouldn't have them. Mm. Hot, hot, hot steak. <laughs> um, 21 Savage is also being released on bond from ICE's custody. So welcome back to the States, I guess. <laughs> if <you're> 21. <laughs> and also, Avril Lavigne is still dead. Thanks for listening. Good night. Again, um, you guys want to say hey? hey what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, so, how did you guys get into DJing originally? Um, I mean, my sister's a DJ. Like, she lives in Berlin and kind of does it professionally. Half my friends in Moscow are DJs. It's kind of like I've been listening to that kind of music forever and like never really got into it just because everyone around me has was kind of into it. But then I was like, kind of knew too much about it to not do it and it was kind of weird that I like wouldn't do it that I knew so much about it and then like so I just kind of figured I'd try it out (laughs) and like what did that process look like trying it out like how did you did you just get some equipment or yeah, like how'd honestly, that start I, just, I had my roommate James pick up two turntables outside of Troy and bring them to school this year and I just kind of like learned how to mix on them that would I be found a mixer things. on Craigslist for 20 bucks uh-huh. and um yeah just bought some speakers and kind of learned how to mix cool. some records I had uh-huh. I was always interested in like listening to electronic music in high school but then when I came to college I found Memco through some friends and just started going to their parties and really enjoyed it so then I was in Memco for a year but mostly just attended parties and such and events and I actually started learning how to mix about a year ago through Memco. Mm -hmm. And this question is later on but I saw on the website you guys have mastering workshops Mm -hmm. so what does that look like? So we have two different types of workshops. We have production workshops and also for mixing. So right now, I think they're being held at one of the co-ops at Mish House, I believe, mm-hmm. or in the basement of Minis. They're next to each other. Um, Minis, they have all the equipment at yeah. Minis. So yeah, people who are core members of Memco, so they pay dues, they're allowed to set up what we call office hours to go to these like one-on-one workshops, but also occasionally we will hold events on like a Sunday afternoon where core members who pay dues can come learn how to DJ in like Sweet. a group setting. Sweet. Or also produce. Cool. So us on the podcast, we're kind of talking, it's like, what does it really like mean to be a DJ? Like John was saying how it kind of has like this negative connotation of people that just like push buttons like can we were saying can you put that to rest for us can you explain like what exactly it is that you guys do i mean to an extent it kind of is just no it's not (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to say that about you it's like not really like the most complex thing it's really just kind of something that you do because you kind of like that kind of music and you know like it's something that you kind of 
become interested in kind of it's kind of like part of listening to that kind of music is kind of having it be a continuous mix and it's just kind of if you like that music that's what you kind of want to do and you're kind of into it but I mean yeah. it is it's not it's not it's not that big of a deal I mean like it's, it's like if you have like the CDJs especially with modern technology like it's mm -hmm. like not a like it's not that difficult to mix and like you could probably learn how to do it within like a month or two you know if you mm -hmm. spent the time yeah I would say it's like skillfully pushing buttons not just pushing buttons but that's essentially what it is but there are a couple different types of DJ and you could mix vinyl which is a lot harder it takes a lot more skill you don't just queue up with the machine like when the next beat's going to come in um, you have to look for that manually so it's more of the analog method of it and CDJs like what Petter was talking about like especially the newer ones make it really easy for you to like match beats so that songs will be together when you want to mix them in so yeah it is pushing buttons but there's a lot of like practice that goes into it to make things sound good and like knowing when songs like each other or not so you're saying that the process of being a DJ is kind of easy. You can learn the skills like by just kind of buying this equipment, you know, and learning the steps. But what do you think makes a good DJ and what makes a bad DJ or what kind of like makes someone classify themselves as like a good DJ, I guess? Well, I think that there is a basic understanding of music that needs to be sure. and that you don't just you can't really just enjoy music and not understand how like the high mids and lows work with DJing. Um, yeah, the equipment is easy itself to learn. It's pretty self-explanatory, especially if you watch some tutorials mm -hmm. online. But I would say a lot of it is about like taste and understanding, like having a musical ear for what does actually sound good together because two songs can sound together separately, but then you mesh them. It's just kind of mixing water and oil. So it's like having a gauge for that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like it's kind of largely like, I mean like, yeah, it comes down to kind of like selection and kind of what you choose to play and everything. And I mean like, that's largely kind of a thing dependent on taste. Mm -hmm. But I think like, you know, like risk taking and like the way you mix and like the interesting kind of different transitions and this and that between different songs is also like kind of a distinguishing factor because it just kind of shows like you just kind of understand how like two things work together and exactly like mm -hmm. what will happen when you like twist a knob and like how it'll react to this or that right and one of my questions was like when you are picking songs like what is your process for like beat matching it to your current song like how do you transition like mm -hmm. gracefully honestly when i'm mixing i like ahead of time if i know what kind of event it's for like what the theme of the party is where it is if it's in a club or in a basement um, I'll put together songs I usually just like to play things that are that people like to dance to that's a little bit more underground um, but at the party I don't really have a set list already set out so it's kind of interesting because you can start reading the crowd and direct the party into the way that you want it to go so if it's kind of like a little bit more mellow and more people are coming in i kind of select if i want to like speed up the bpm a bit get people dancing a little bit harder it's kind of how you want to like set the tone yeah honestly i just have like a bunch of music on like i have my records kind of on the side and like or like on my flash drive i'll have a bunch of music and just kind of select what i think kind of feels right and what sounds good just kind of I know most of my music pretty well because it's not like kind of full albums it's like songs that I would select kind of pick out one by one and kind of collect specifically for like one song or like one track so like a lot of the time I'll know exactly what like would come in and like 
Honestly, I spend a lot of time at home mixing with him. You probably see me in the window, <laughs> Sam. You probably see it all the For time. For people who yeah. don't know, Petter is my neighbor, <laughs> and he leaves his window open, like, through every single day. So, yeah, I'll just be, like, walking up from class, and he's mixing yeah. his things. I'm like, oh, there he goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I spend enough time with it that I probably know most, like, most of my music. So, I could, yeah. you know, it's pretty familiar to me, and I can kind of know exactly what to expect from everything. Right. And... Going back to like the certain crowds for basement shows and like clubs, what kind of music do you like choose for? Like, what kind of music is at a basement show usually? Um, well, basement shows are usually more memco based parties. Um, while like the memco parties are at clubs a lot, we do a lot of shows at Club Above. We have a larger crowd because the space is bigger, right. so it's just like we invite a lot more people, and also we have a cover at the door so that's how we make money and also donate to charities but so yeah i guess it the basement parties the music selection you can be a bit less palatable in a way like you can play some more like industrial techno that not everyone is really going to necessarily like and like a bigger scene with like a wider range of people Mm -hmm. um so definitely like a little bit more mainstream for clubs Mm -hmm. but um all just like good music to dance to. Do you find that like kind of hard? Like when you're at clubs, you you don't like the songs as much maybe, or it's like not, you can't be as experimental with it. It can't be as more geared towards your personal taste, but other people's? Um, A little bit, but I still feel like I have like a good amount of time. I think it's just yeah. largely like, that like it's a group that's like beyond the Memco people. And the Memco people kind of have more particular and kind of more kind of niche taste i'd say and that's kind of why i think those kind of parties like kind of tend to veer that way whereas like the club above is kind of catering to like a much wider crowd in michigan and kind of it's not really like in that smaller circle so Mm -hmm. i think that's why like it's kind of more palatable they're just different environments so both good what is it like being a musician in Ann Arbor? We tend to interview people who are just like students here. Um, how do you balance your passion for music with studying and schoolwork and that kind of thing? There's definitely times when I like don't touch anything for weeks at a time when I'm just kind of busy. Um, you know, besides that, there's like not too much of like a scene really going on in Ann Arbor. Like, there's definitely like some established things kind of already here. There's a few like kind of popular labels that are from Ann Arbor um, but it's like pretty small here and it's like not too kind of popular mm-hmm. it's kind of growing now I think like the club above parties have been definitely like pretty popular this yeah, year definitely. and like definitely a lot more than they were last year but like it's still pretty kind of narrow and everything mm-hmm. but yeah I don't know yeah, I feel like being in Ann Arbor, despite the scene here being really small, it's really integrated, I feel like, with the Detroit community around electronic music, which is a really big advantage for because of like the close proximity to the city. Um, but yeah. And you guys have an event coming up? Yes. Do you guys want to talk about it? We have a party this Friday, I think, believe it's the 15th at Club Above. It's our back to black party, celebrating the black roots of techno and house, especially because Detroit is the birthplace of techno. Um, So we have an all female, um, all black lineup to celebrate this, and it's gonna be a really great show. And a portion of the proceeds are going to go to an organization in Detroit called Homeless Homies um, that was actually started by a DJ in Detroit to help out our community. So it's going to be a fun event for a really good cause. 
Yeah, this girl, DJ Holographic, is going to be playing. She's, like, kind of like a hometown hero in Detroit. She's, like, really cool. She's, like, kind of also becoming more and more popular kind of now. Mm-hmm. And then she has some event that she does on her own in Detroit on some days and this and that. But mm-hmm. she plays all over. Yeah, this event's actually pretty special because we only have one Memco DJ playing and the other three are from the Detroit area mm-hmm. who we've kind of, Memco's kind of established a relationship with. So it'll be really great to have these guests. I don't know much about this, but um, we just had a conversation about like DIY community not being as inclusive. Do you think that like the techno and DJ community is inclusive? Um, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I I think everybody wants to be inclusive. You know what I mean? I think that there's definitely like to an extent some kind of clickiness to it, just because it's like people that like weird music that like only listen to weird music and like (laughs) think that the weird music is like the best thing in the world and like (laughs) you know what I mean that's kind of like a weird thing on its own I'd say like everybody I know is like very open to like like you know showing people more music and like even teaching people how to DJ I've been trying to teach all my friends how to DJ so far this year so you know are they any good interested (laughs) (laughs) soon maybe maybe. yeah yeah, exactly exactly um regarding inclusivity i feel that memco especially has been pushing to be more inclusive as an environment um just for people range of backgrounds but also range of music tastes because like as peter was saying yeah it is a bit clicky because it's like if you find this niche music really neat and so in someone else's too you're going to kind of become your own mm-hmm. thing so that can be a little bit intimidating but also like we definitely are pushing towards more diversity in our lineups um like we've established all like girls dj night and stuff because typically it's been a lot of like white males that are very popular in electronic music and we kind of want to deconstruct what that is mm-hmm. yeah and as far as inclusivity goes i think that it's like very much like trying to be proactive and like you know kind of challenge those kind of norms and like very like it's been pretty successful at it and I'd say Memco's played a big role in that mm-hmm. but like yeah, that's like that's not what I meant by like clicking and yeah, yeah. or anything gotcha. Gotcha. So. and um do you guys have any advice for people who might want to break into the DJ scene um how should they get started join Memco <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, buy some turntables. Um, Yeah, it can be really intimidating because a lot of the equipment is really expensive, but um, we were lucky enough at this university to have WCBN that has resources there. That's actually where I learned to DJ with Memco, using their resources, Um, just like organizations and DJ collectives around. I'm not sure how popular they are outside of like a university setting Mm -hmm. where this is a great resource, but they're like smaller controllers you don't need like club grade professional equipment to learn there are tons of tutorials out there um a lot of software that you can get on your computer and like torrent yeah (laughs) get it for free right so yeah it's a lot more accessible than it seems to be and a lot of the times like i talk about with my friends how kind of making music like right now um in our day and age is kind of becoming a lot easier for everyone Mm -hmm. because of the affordances of technology and because of like these types of systems like Ableton and like I don't really know what you guys use but um do you find do you find that true that practically anyone can be a musician I mean like to an extent maybe not necessarily everybody can be a good musician Mm -hmm. but like you know I mean it is like a lot easier 
to do that and I think it's like a good thing I mean like you don't you know like you don't have to be necessarily musically classically musically trained to like be good at music in any sense or any form especially and I think especially in electronic music and like kind of techno house kind of music in particular a lot of the people kind of came from non-musical backgrounds and a lot of the techno like early techno guys were like kind of like little geeky tech nerds you know who like <laughs> like to play with machines and kind of make like like buttons like make weird sounds and stuff and like I think that's cool you know mm -hmm. it's kind of cool that they had that opportunity mm -hmm. yeah I would say it's getting like much more accessible just mess around because there's really nothing to lose and what are some good techno what is some good techno we should be listening to right now I think dub techno is going to come back. It's like, I don't know, it's like dub effects from like kind of reggae is popular in the 90s. There's like um, famous guys, Basic Channel. It's these two guys that are like this duo from Berlin that kind of made a lot of it. They had a few other projects that were like kind of like more reggae dub than like techno-y. So but it's all like the same guys. It's the same two guys. It's like basic channel Maurizio and something else but cool. yeah it's great <laughs> I haven't been listening to much techno specifically lately but like I've been really pushing towards finding more female electronic music artists around um, there's this group called Disc Woman it's a female DJ collective and a lot of the people in that push out really interesting music so and um, because DJing, you can take, you know, elements from other types of music. Mm -hmm. Do you ever, like, kind of experiment with, like, I don't know, say jazz or, like, what kind of, like, sounds do you tend to, like, find yourself more drawn to? I honestly, like, don't really stick to anything in particular. I kind of play whatever I have and, like, I'll kind of bounce all around, you know. And so I don't know. I think that kind of makes it more interesting. It kind of makes it a little bit harder sometimes to mix, you know, because it just like doesn't quite sound the same. You need to catch like the right moment. But in general, it's kind of like I think it just makes sets more interesting and kind of more fun. Yeah, you like a lot of disco, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like a lot of really jazzy house music. Um, that's always super fun. Um, Lately, I've been listening to some, it's like um, UK D&B, so like some drum and bass, but it has a little bit of like piano in it cool. and some like classical string instruments, which can get really fun, so. Yeah, sounds pretty cool. We yeah, I think in general, English music's quite popular right now. Yeah. Like English electronic music, yeah. Huh. So. Sweet. Well. I think that should be pretty good. Thank you guys so much for coming. Um, yeah, of course. It's pretty That's interesting. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Great. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Arts Interrupted. 
Thanks again to Peter Moore and Jamie Johnson for the great interview. I'm the executive producer of the podcast, John Fabian. Olive Scott and Sean Lang are our associate producers. Livy McKenzie is our assistant producer. Sam Small is our host. Ryan Cox is our audio engineer. And I would like to welcome two new members to the Arts Interrupted team. Mina Kambash and Emily Ohl will be our new content creators. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week. I said, I don't practice, Andrea. <laughs>